you really wanna know, then come on, let's go. Take a stroll down those. What's going on, Mountaineer Nation? Welcome into another edition of the Country Roads webcast brought to you by Trio 4 Productions. We are the official podcast of Almost Heaven Athletics found on the web at almostheavenathletics.com. And here today we are bringing you a bonus episode. Going to be a special two-for-one episodes this week. Uh, going to bring you an episode this day, today. I'm not going to continue our State of the Position series. We will be continuing that on our traditional release day of Wednesday on Country Roads webcast Wednesday. But for today, we have had a brief hiatus. I've been on vacation, you know, summer, taking it easy a little bit, you know, off-season, so I took a little bit of a vacation. But back after a brief hiatus today, and I figured the big topic that uh, needs to be covered is transfer talk, as well as a brief little bit of recruiting uh, news as well. But the main thing that needs to be covered is transfer talk. West Virginia's had quite a few players leave the program since our last episode here on the Country Roads webcast. But then in turn, they've also gained quite a few transfers on uh, here at West Virginia since our last episode of the Country Roads webcast. So we'll be covering both the players that have left West Virginia, um, what that means, why that may have happened, as well as the players that West Virginia has gained, how can they help um, the ones that will be eligible this year, the ones that will be eligible next year in 2020, as well as discussing some of the recruits that West Virginia has landed mainly for the class of 2020 next year so all that being said uh following that little brief introduction let's get into it now starting with transfer talk okay so this episode of the country roads webcast is titled transfer talk and rightfully so as well considering the fact that west virginia has lost Quite a few transfers, but also has gained quite a few transfers. Um, you know, some people might be uh, not be aware that West Virginia has brought in nearly as many transfers as they have left. So, you know, if you factor in the guys that West Virginia has brought in versus the ones that have transferred out, it is only a net loss of three players. I know that uh, ESPN has sent out an alert recently that 15, I think it was 14 or 15 West Virginia players have transferred since the start of January, which would be when Neil Brown took over. Neil Brown's been hired as the coach since January, so he did a great job keeping the recruiting class together initially. Um, most of those recruits stayed, the one exception being Terrence Dawson, the wide receiver, who was also planning to play baseball for West Virginia, was drafted in the 22nd round of the MLB draft and has decided to sign with the Milwaukee Brewers, so he will not be coming to West Virginia. So that scholarship is open, and will uh, he will play in the MLB rather than attending Morgantown to play West Virginia, to play wide receiver rather excuse me and play baseball for the Mountaineers. So Neil Brown did a great job coming in initially keeping the recruiting class together as well as um, you know keeping players at bay and, and not uh, transferring. The one exception to that, well a couple exceptions really was Matt Jones, the center who we who we previously discussed on the podcast. Um, during the spring, had decided to transfer to Youngstown State to finish out his career as a grad transfer, which is where his wife goes to school. So nothing really uh, too much out of the way of that. Then you had Luke Hogan transfer from West Virginia. He was also a walk-on punter. 
And then Dante Angus, who would play defensive line and offensive line for the Mountaineers, but has never really stepped onto the field, and I don't believe was even on the roster for the upcoming year transferred. Um, some of the other transfers that you've seen uh, transpire in the past couple of months, um, Tyrese Allen was a defensive lineman, uh, freshman last year, redshirt, was set to be a redshirt freshman this year, decided to transfer out of the program and move on. So you lose Tyrese Allen, a redshirt freshman defensive lineman. Dylan Spalding, um, same type of scenario, was a freshman last year. Um, ankle injury caused him to redshirt, was going to be a redshirt freshman this year, caught a touchdown in the spring game, decided to transfer as well. He's going to James Madison, who um, West Virginia plays in the first game of the season, although he probably will not be eligible for that game. Probably will have to sit out a year. Um, I'm not too sure what the rules are going FBF to FCS, if he will be immediately eligible or not. Um, if he is, then West Virginia may see him because he's a guy that – uh, somewhat talented and uh, may have seen the field for West Virginia in, in some aspect this year, but regardless, he's now at James Madison after transferring out of the program. And then uh, E.J. Brown, a safety, um, sort similar scenario. I believe he was a redshirt sophomore. Um, wasn't really on the too deep at safety, but um, with some of these other safeties West Virginia lost, people figured that he may factor in there. Uh, but despite that, he decided to transfer as well and has transferred out of the program. Cornerback uh, Jordan Adams, who was a, going to be a fifth-year senior, hadn't really seen the field during his time in Morgantown. If you remember, he came in with his twin brother, Jaquez Adams, who would, uh, I believe played running back in the beginning. Uh, Jordan Adams had actually transferred out when Jaquez transferred but decided to come back and stay at West Virginia. And had stayed there during his time, despite never really seeing any playing time. Was going to be a fifth-year senior this year, but um, probably wasn't going to see too much playing time. So he decided to transfer out in order to seek more playing time as well. And then now some of the bigger guys that we need to discuss. Um, well, the main three, really, that we need to discuss. Um, we'll start off on the offensive side with Marcus Sims. Now, everybody knows Marcus Sims. Uh, Big-time receiver, uh, third-leading receiver on the team last year, was West Virginia's leading returning receiver going to be this season. He's been West Virginia's kick-and-punt returner. During the spring, there was a lot of questions. He was sitting out. Um, it had been rumored it was a hamstring injury that he was still recovering from from the end of last year. I know people remember he sat out the bowl game as well, and that was kind of unexpected. But the rumor had been that it was a hamstring injury. Um, never did get around to play in the spring. So, um, you know, Coach Brown, when asked about Marcus Sims, will say he was dealing with a personal issue. Come to find out, Marcus Sims had decided to transfer from West Virginia, entered the transfer portal briefly, but now has decided instead to enter the NFL supplemental draft, um, which will be uh, take place during this offseason for the NFL. I believe he is one of the only names in the NFL supplemental draft. May actually be the only name in the NFL supplemental draft. So it will be interesting to see if he gets picked there. You know, you've seen some uh, good players coming out of the NFL supplemental draft in the past. Um, so we'll see what uh, Marcus Sims is doing. It's rumored that the, uh, the Kansas City Chiefs may have a little bit of interest in Marcus Sims. And that's a place I could see him fitting in a little bit with his speed and talent. So, We'll see what happens with Marcus Sims, but um, not going to be uh, participating in his senior year at West Virginia. You know, after his junior year last year, it was rumored that he may leave for the NFL draft, decided to stay. Uh, things didn't work out the way that I believe he expected, and uh, for whatever reason that may be, we're not going to really get into that here on the show, but he had earned his name into the transfer portal and now has applied for the NFL supplemental draft. So Marcus Sims is gone, which that doesn't, 
I mean, that is a hit for this wide receiving core. Yes, definitely. Losing Marcus Sims, who was going to be the team's leading returning receiver, uh, prior to injury last season, was uh, leading the team in receiving yards, had three uh, straight 100-yard games, I believe it was, despite having David Seals and Gary Jennings, two NFL draft picks, or Gary Jennings' NFL draft pick, David Seals, was signed by the Buffalo Bills and uh, to join their squad in the NFL. But, you know, they were the two leading receivers by the year's end. Marcus Sims still put up great numbers, over 700 yards, and was a threat to take the top off of the defense, as he always had been, but also had really improved his game all around last season. So that does hurt the receiving core a little bit, but we'll get into how they are looking to replace Marcus Sims coming up later in the podcast here. But going past Marcus Sims, the two other big losses that West Virginia suffered via transfer, the first one came, and I think it was a bit of shock for a lot of people, uh, myself included, and that was free safety... Kenny Robinson. Now, Kenny Robinson is a guy who stepped on campus as a true freshman and really impressed the coaching staff. They needed help at corner in his true freshman year, so he moved down to corner, led the team in interceptions, had a few big interceptions, a couple big pick sixes, namely against Oklahoma State in a really uh, competitive game in 2017. Last year, moved back to his more natural position of free safety, still was a ball hawk. You've seen him don that turnover coal miner's helmet more than a couple times as he... Uh, Led the team in picks again. Really was uh, set for a bright career here in Morgantown. Um, has NFL aspirations. Can be an NFL player in the secondary, I believe. But due to whatever reasons, um, we've heard academic. You know, you've heard whatever rumors you've heard. But we're not going to get into that here on the show, whatever reason it is. Uh, the fact of the matter is, Kenny Robinson is moving on from West Virginia. Has entered the transfer portal and is looking for a new school to attend. And that came as a bit of a shock to Mountaineer fans and left the uh, safety position kind of feeling a little down because the safety position was going to be one of the stronger positions on the defense when you had uh, incumbent starters with guys with a lot of experience, one being Kenny Robinson, who was already a starter, the other being Derek Pitts, who had started there some in the past and had been a very experienced in this defense. And I bring up Derek Pitts in order to transition into the fact that the very next day following Kenny Robinson's announcing his decision to enter the transfer portal, Derek Pitts followed suit and enters the transfer portal, also deciding to leave West Virginia and put his name into the transfer portal for whatever reason that may be. So West Virginia loses both of their starting safeties incumbent starting safeties that would have been uh, coming up in 2019. Kenny Robinson had already been the starter. Derek Pitts was lined up to be the starter at the cat safety opposite Kenny Robinson at the free safety. Since that time that Derek Pitts has announced uh, he was entering the transfer portal, he has actually transferred to Marshall University, going to play for the Thundering Herd. Um, he does have a retro year he can utilize, which he probably will, and sit out this year and then finish his career there at Marshall going forward. So, the three big losses via transfer, wide receiver Marcus Sims, free safety Kenny Robinson, and cat safety uh, Derek Pitts, all three uh, projected starters and uh, some of the more um, highly regarded players on the team in general going in to 2019. So now that we've discussed the guys that West Virginia lost via transfer, let's talk about some of the guys that West Virginia gained via transfer, starting with the ones that you've already known that have kind of been around Already um, in guys like quarterback Austin Kendall, who was a four-star recruit in a backup at Oklahoma, now battling for the starting job with uh, Jack Allison and uh, possibly Trey Lowe as well. 
as Sean Ryan, who was a three-star recruit uh, at Temple, played briefly last year as a freshman, but was able to retain that redshirt as a redshirt freshman. He, it's unknown if he will be eligible for 2019. He's expected to apply for a waiver for this upcoming season, and the coaches feel like he's got a good chance to get that waiver approved, so he may be eligible for the Mountaineers in 2019, which is good because they really need depth at that wide receiver position. John Hughes, who we have spoke briefly of on the podcast as well, a JUCO player as well, big body, played very well at the JUCO level, and um, had the chance to provide depth along with Virginia's offensive line immediately in 2019. Max Haynes is a guy that's kind of mysterious. We haven't heard really anything from the coaching staff uh, too much about him or anything officially uh, on an official release from the university, but he's a punter from Australia. Those Australia punters have had great success in college football in the past, and it is believed that he'll be transferring to West Virginia. Um, unknown if he'll be uh, eligible this year or next season, but if so, he could factor in right away and compete for West Virginia's starting punting job, and that's Max Haynes, Australian punter, believed to have transferred to West Virginia. And now we'll discuss uh, a couple guys that we have not yet discussed on um, the podcast um, during our hiatus that these transfers came in. The first one being Alonzo Adai, transferring from the Juco level. He is a cousin of Jamile Adai, Western is now a safety, I mean defensive corners coach rather, excuse me. And um, it is believed that he will likely sit out 2019 and not become eligible until 2020, but... Um, it's not yet confirmed one way or the other on that, but that's a guy West Virginia added to hopefully give some help at the safety position after losing uh, Kenny Robinson and Derek Pitts. Then you have George Campbell, who is um, a really big story, really, that has kind of gone overlooked by many. Now, George Campbell, when I uh, picture him, it's really a scenario that's kind of similar to Kenny Bigelow last season. You know, Kenny Bigelow had some questions coming in was absolutely dominant on West Virginia's defensive line, one of the better players on West Virginia's defense last year. And Kenny Bigelow, early in his career, was a very high-ranked recruit, went to USC, injuries kept him out of action, he wasn't really able to compete the way that he had hoped to, not playing in you know very many games, comes to West Virginia for his final year of eligibility, and shows out and has a great season. I think that the Mountaineers are hoping the same thing can happen with George Campbell. One of the top-ranked receivers coming out of high school, five-star recruit, goes to Florida State, plagued by injuries, but he comes to West Virginia now fully healthy and you know with a chip on his shoulder, much like Kenny Bigelow. He will be immediately eligible in 2019, and he will likely make an impact on this receiving core in some way. Uh, thank Kenny Bigelow, but on the offensive side of the ball, really excited about what George Campbell can bring. Great size, 6'4", 6'5", guy. And as I said, huge recruit coming out of high school. Now he's healthy, ready to contribute, and in a new spot. He's already enrolled in Morgantown. He's at WVU, and he's ready to uh, make some noise along the Mountaineer receiving course. Hopefully he can do that. And then you have defensive lineman, defensive end, Reuben Jones, transferred from Michigan, will be immediately eligible this season in 2019 as a grad transfer, can contribute, provide depth for West Virginia's defensive line. So another great pickup there. Two great pickups from really big, well-known Blue Blood Power 5 uh, programs, rather. And George Campbell, the wide receiver from Florida State, and Reuben Jones, the defensive end from Michigan. 
And then most recently, a late addition to the 2019 class was Noah Guzman from Cerritos College, another safety West Virginia can use. He will be immediately eligible, although he does have a redshirt year at his disposable, at his disposal rather, excuse me. He will have three years remaining to play um, and a redshirt year to use, so three years left to play. And he has four years that he could be on campus. So uh, Noah Guzman and Alonzo Adai hopefully will help to um, fill those holes left by the Kenny Robinson and Derek Pitts departures. And then last, lastly, but certainly not least, Jarrett Dagey. Jarrett Dagey is an experienced starter. Started at Bowling Green since about halfway through his true freshman season. Went through spring ball there at Bowling Green. They had undergone a coaching change late last season, so he decided to transfer out, come to West Virginia. Now, it has not yet been fully announced if he will be eligible or not for 2019, but it's believed that he will sit out this year and be eligible in 2020, which despite you know being able to throw his name into the, coach, into the uh, quarterback competition being a good thing, I believe that him being an eligible in 2020 after sitting out this year may be even better because if he was able to be immediately eligible this year, and then you would have three juniors in Austin Kendall, Jack Allison, and Jared Dagey, all the same class. And now, if Jared Dagey has to sit out this year due to the transfer rules, the next year you'll have Kendall and Allison as seniors and Dagey as a junior, so you won't have that big logjam of all your quarterbacks being in the same class. But either way, Jared Dagey will probably be a guy that's thrown into that quarterback competition sooner or later. Um, High-rated, high you know, guys, a transfer, rather. You know, he was a three-star recruit coming out of high school, but that connection with Neil Browns also would led him to West Virginia. Seth Dagey, a lot of people may remember, was the quarterback of Texas Tech, and that is his older brother. Seth Dagey was the quarterback of Texas Tech back in 2012 when West Virginia was riding high, 5-0 and in the country, and lost to Texas Tech by a score of about 49-14. to Seth Dagey threw for, I believe, over 500 yards on West Virginia with Neil Brown as his offensive coordinator. Neil Brown, now head coach of West Virginia, goes out gets the younger brother of Seth Dagey via that connection, and Jarrett Dagey is transferring to West Virginia as a quarterback, whether he will be eligible in 2019 or 2020. Has not yet been officially confirmed, although I do believe he will not be eligible until 2020 will likely sit out this year, and Jack Allison, Austin Kendall, or Trey Lowe will serve as the Mountaineers quarterback for this year. So that's a little bit of a roundup on what West Virginia has endured during um, this offseason via losing transfers, via gaining transfers. Been a wild few months since Neil Brown took over in January. Um, really a lot wild past about a month or so. Um, a lot of this going down during that time frame, uh, transfer-wise. Um, and now recruiting-wise, I think that Neil Brown and company are really being... Um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for here? They're really respected by what they're doing on the recruiting trail. Not only are they, you know, landing some of these guys, but you can really see that they're putting in really good efforts on this recruiting trails. Now, going by almost Heaven Athletics recruiting rankings, at this time right now, West Virginia has three four-stars, which in 2019 they only landed uh, two total. And that's a big, big number. Um, they would have four four-stars, but just recently, uh, four-star defensive end Aaron Lewis who we had covered previously on the podcast committing to West Virginia, 
had decided to decommit for West Virginia and has flipped his commitment to the University, to the University of Michigan. Wish him the best going forward, but that's a um, heavy loss for West Virginia. Another New Jersey guy. As Neil Brown tries to build that New Jersey pipeline to West Virginia, and as he's done that, in the past few days he has received a commitment from Chris Mayo, a top 20 offensive lineman in the class of 2020. One of those four-star guys that West Virginia has landed. So that's big. Uh, Zach Frazier, three-star um, offensive lineman from Fairmont Senior High School, has committed to Mountaineers. The previous staff liked him as a nose guard, defense, nose tackle type player. The new staff likes him as an offensive lineman, most likely as a center. So that's probably where you will see um, Zach Frazier line up as. But as far as being on the campus only since January, uh, Neil Brown and staff have done a great job recruiting. Still six days from signing day. West Virginia already has nine commits, three of those being four-star players, and that's not counting the guy they recently signed on who is a four-star or five-star, depending what recruiting service you follow, kicker in Danny King, who they have um, got to sign on as a preferred walk-on. But if we look at West Virginia's 2020 class right now, I'm going in alphabetical order. I will read some of these guys off to you, the nine commits, not including Danny King, who I just mentioned, who has been listed as a five-star kicker and a four-star punter who was signed on as a preferred walk-on out of Maryland. But going over the commits, on if you go over to almostheavenathletics.com, check on their football recruiting play, uh, page. You can read these off. Um, but in alphabetical order, I will go over them for you here on the podcast. We have Linnell Carr, outside linebacker, defensive end, hybrid player, listed as a linebacker in almost heaven athletics. Six foot three, 230 pounder, three star recruit uh, from Bay City, Michigan. Then one of the more recent commits West Virginia landed going internationally to get this one, Jairo Favaris, cornerback, six foot 190, three star player from the UK. From over there in England, um, a guy West Virginia has gone internationally to get and recently committed to the Mountaineers. Good size on this guy. Looks like he can be a solid player. Zach Frazier, as I mentioned, offensive lineman. six foot two, two 285, three-star player from Fairmont, West Virginia. Homegrown player, 304 boy. Love to see Neil Brown keeping those guys in state as he promised he would do. Uh, Garrett Green, one of the first commits, commits of this class. A quarterback. Could be the quarterback of the future. Six foot even, 183 pound, four star recruit from Tallahassee, Florida. Chris Mayo, who I reached, who I mentioned briefly a few minutes ago, offensive lineman, could play tackle, could play guard at the next level. Already six foot five and 300 pounds, four star recruit from Heightstown, New Jersey. Uh, Juco linebacker, West Virginia received a commitment from S.L. McCall, six foot two, two thirty, from Lake City, Florida. Reese Smith, um, along with Garrett Green, was one of the first commits of the West Virginia recruiting class, who we have discussed briefly in the past. 175 three-star recruit from the same high school as Neil Brown, and from Neil Brown's hometown of Danville, Kentucky. David Vincent Acoli who we have not yet discussed. He is one of the four-star recruits West Virginia landed here recently. He has been recruited as a wide receiver and as a cornerback by many schools, listed as an athlete on many recruiting services. West Virginia likes him as a cornerback initially coming in. And David Vincent Acoli is 5'11", 176 pounds, a four-star recruit from Gaithersburg, Maryland. 
And then last, but certainly not least, DeVale Washington, who we've briefly discussed on the podcast in the past. A big-bodied wide receiver at six foot four, 215 pounds. Chose West Virginia over many Big Ten offers. Coming right through out of Big Ten country as a three-star recruit from Bay City, Michigan, as well the same town that Linnell Carr resides from. So as you can see, West Virginia has really hit the recruiting trail hard coming up, and I think that this recruiting class has the potential to be a really good one. I'm talking um, ranking high 30s, maybe even low 20s as a recruiting class, which for West Virginia, you know, those that don't follow the recruiting very well, West Virginia's high-strength recruiting class, I want to say it was somewhere around 21st nationally, somewhere in the high 20s. So anytime West Virginia has a recruiting class ranked in the 20s or 30s, that's very good for West Virginia. Um, you know, 30s to 40s, that's average for West Virginia. And if you're in the 50s or below, that's uh, underperforming for the Mountaineers. But um, Neil Brown looks to really be ranking up on recruiting and really hitting the trail hard. So that's great to see. As well as, you know, he's lost some of these transfers, but he has really hit the recruiting real hard to bring in some transfers to replace those guys. And, um, you know, we mentioned Alonzo Adai, George Campbell, Jarrett Day, um, Noah Guzman, John Hughes, Reuben Jones, Austin Kendall, all of those guys, Sean Ryan, you know, all of those guys have the potential to contribute right away if they're eligible, and the ones that are not will be players in the future moving forward for West Virginia. So, you know, my main takeaway from this podcast that I want uh, Mountaineer Nation to um, listen about is Neil Brown is doing a hell of a job recruiting right now. Um, you know, say what you will about uh, Holgerson and staff. You know, we're not going to get into all that. Um, that's debatable what they did on the recruiting trail. You know, they bought in some guys. Some guys didn't pan out, what have you. But Neil Brown and his staff does not show a lack of work ethic on the recruiting trail. They're going out. They're going all over the place. They're going internationally. We've got guys from Canada, like Alonzo Adai. We've got guys from England, like J. Rowe Favaris. They're going all over the place. They're looking to reestablish that New Jersey pipeline. Uh, Aaron Lewis and Chris Mayo had established it. Of course, Aaron Lewis, as I said, decommitted. But uh, Chris Mayo is a big-time recruit. Um, they're looking to go after a uh, middle linebacker from that New Jersey Pike line. Don't be don't be surprised if you see him commit in the future. And then one guy to keep an eye on that West Virginia is going hard after is a running back, Lamey Constant. Remember that name, Lamey Constant, named his top four last night: um, Texas A&M, Michigan State, LSU, and West Virginia. Those are the four schools he will be siding between. Four-star recruit on ESPN, four-star recruit on 247, four-star recruit on Rivals, ESPN 150 recruit, top 15 running back in the country, number two player in the state of New York. A Lamey Constant would be a huge get for West Virginia if they can land him and they are in the top four to do so. So um, Neil Brown is really running a master class on recruiting at West Virginia without ever coaching a single game and enough can't be said about what him and his staff is doing on the recruiting trail. And I wanted to take this episode 
to not only return from a hiatus and a vaca- vacation and give you guys two episodes this week, but also I felt that it was necessary to cover the transfers that West Virginia lost, as well as the transfers that West Virginia has gained, and more importantly, to talk about the work that Neil Brown and his staff is putting in on the recruiting trail. Um, if they can la- land Lamey Constant and some of these other guys that they have targeted, you may be talking about a top 25 recruiting class here in Morgantown for Neil Brown's first recruiting class as a Mountaineer head coach. You know, without ever even coaching a game, he already has three four-star commits, nine uh, nine commits total, still six months from signing day. So I think this recruiting class is shaping up really well. And as far as the transfers, I think that, you know, it's a non-issue really. Um, whenever you get a new coach, you see things like this happen. And Neil Brown is changing the culture at West Virginia. This is not a knock on Dana Holgerson. This is not a knock on his staff. But it's completely different um, personalities, completely different mentalities. I think that Neil Brown's a little bit more strict than what some of these players are used to. You know, and when the culture changes, you know, some players that are more used to what the previous regime did may not want to stick around for what the new regime is doing and implementing. And that's fine. Best of best wishes to those players. But the thing is, Neil Brown is establishing his culture, and if you're not buying into his culture, then you can't have those players stick around. Um, they could be a cancer to the team. They could bring down morale. If you're not bought in 100%, then Neil Brown says, you know, go somewhere where you feel like you are bought in 100%. And that's great, and I respect what Neil Brown's doing as a coach. I respect Neil Brown as a person, and I love what Neil Brown is doing on the recruiting trail. Yes, West Virginia lost their top returning receiver. Yes, they lost their incumbent starting safeties. Yes, West Virginia is in the midst of a rebuilding year. You know, um, a lot of people want to talk about what could happen this year. I think a bowl game would be show great sign of success for Neil Brown in 2019 and show that he's building something. But you look no further than the recruiting show and the work they're putting in and what Neil Brown is doing to see what Neil Brown is trying to build here in Morgantown going forward. So do not fret about the transfers that West Virginia has lost. They come with the territory when you have a coaching change. Um, do not lose faith in Neil Brown. Um, if West Virginia's in the midst of a re- rebuilding year, that's to be expected with an entirely new coaching staff losing, you know, five draft picks to the NFL, and you know, as well as some uh, transfers that were expected to play big parts this season. But going forward in the future, I think Mountaineer Nation will be pleasantly surprised with what Neil Brown is building, and I think he has the ability to take West Virginia football to an entirely new level, an entirely new plateau than they have been in the past. So that will pretty much wrap up this episode of the Country Roads webcast brought to you by Trio 4 Productions. We are the official podcast of Almost Heaven Athletics found on the web at almostheavenathletics.com. Be sure to check them out there on the web there at almostheavenathletics.com to follow this recruiting and transfer news. Uh, follow the football recruiting page and basketball recruiting page to keep up with the classes as they um, progress. And then also follow along at AH. Athletics WV on Twitter if you want to follow along there and almost have an athletics on Facebook and Instagram as well and then if you want to follow us here on the podcast on Twitter you can always do that at WVU Country Roads stay tuned later this week on Wednesday Country Roads webcast Wednesday we will be continuing our state of the position series getting back to that as we will discuss the Mountaineer quarter excuse me cornerbacks the defensive backs there 
and the state that they are in heading into the 2019 season as we're just over 70 days away from the beginning of the 2019 season and West Virginia takes on James Madison. We'll be finishing up our State of the Position series in the coming weeks. A couple more positions to cover on defense, cover the rest of the offense before getting into, um, you know, it'll be almost time for fall camp by the time we finish that and uh, discuss West Virginia's fall camp. We will do our season prediction show here in the future like we have in the past here on the Country Roads webcast. So a lot to look forward to here on the Country Roads webcast. Happy to be back with you this week, uh, talk a little transfer talk and recruiting news, and um, looking forward to the State of the Position Series continuing this coming Wednesday on June 26th, so be on the lookout for that. Two episodes this week, been on vacation, but back at it strong, figured we'd give you two episodes to make up for the brief hiatus as I was on vacation over this summer, took a little break, but appreciate you guys, love Mountaineer Nation, if you like what we're doing, be sure and Listen to us on whatever podcast platform you like to find your podcasts on. Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Pocket Casts, wherever you listen to them, you can find the Country Roads webcast. Just search for us there. Like us, subscribe us, and most importantly, share us with your friends as we continue to try and grow the podcast from the grassroots level. And also check out almost7athletics.com and check them out there on Facebook as that continues to grow as well as it is in its early years as well um, we'll experience it's one year anniversary in october actually so i almost have an athletics um you know in its infancy but continuing to grow and we thank mountaineer nation for that but having said that until next time i'm your host jordan cruz and as always let's go mountaineer, mountaineer.